Well, looky there, six minutes after 7 o'clock on a Wednesday night. That can mean only one thing. You bet. Time for Employment Law Show. The phone line's open, wide open, ready for your phone calls. Bring it on. Uh, you want to get some answers. The quickest way off the hop is to simply ask the questions. Don't be bashful. 416-870-6400 is the number anytime. You want to uh, send an email along, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And want to remind you, you can check out the Employment Law Show on TV, Global TV, and CTV. That is Saturday and Sunday mornings. Check your listings for that sucker or go to the uh, the website, employmentlawyer.ca, for more details on that. We have got a jam-packed show tonight, including your phone calls, which is always top priority. Everything you need to know about medical leaves, we'll cover that topic and pocket employment lawyer as well. But uh, first, week that was, pal, what's, uh, what's going on? Hey, John, uh, great, great, great to be back. You're really excited, yep. really pumped, uh, as always, to talk about employment law. Well, I, I'm pumped to talk about employment law because it's kind of the only thing I really know anything about. So uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, so it's easy for me to be pumped about it, but it is yep. uh, an important topic. It is such an important topic. How much time do we all spend at work? We spend more time at work than we do anything else. Well, employment law is what governs our rights. It's what governs what we can do and cannot do, what our employer is allowed to do. So Take advantage of us being here. Call us with your questions about your job, your workplace, your problems that may they may exist. There's always solutions. The law mm-hmm. is actually so good, so extensive uh, in helping you. So if you don't you don't know what your rights are, you're concerned something happened, lost your job, maybe you're concerned that you're gonna lose your job. Maybe they're setting you up that they want you to quit. No problem. Yes. Call us right now, or if you don't want to call us on the show for whatever reason, that's okay too. Call me in the office or email me. We'll give you my contact mm-hmm. information. But, John, getting uh, right to to the heart of it, the week that was, let me tell you some situations that uh, came across my desk. Now, sure. this is a situation, the first one, John, is something that comes up often. People often ask me, what are my rights if I work through a temp agency or a recruitment agency? Sure. Well, let me tell you about a situation that I, I recently uh, uh, saw in my office. So this particular person was working for a company for 15 months, had a regular job, was going to the, uh, to, to the offices every day, uh, working full-time hours like anyone else, but he was not hired directly by the company he worked for. He was hired by a temp agency. So the company he worked for brought him in through that agency. Right. The money that he got, the check that he got, was not from the company he worked for. It was from the temp agency. And so he continued working on a, uh, on a Friday. He got a notification from the temp agency that, uh, the, the company he worked for told them that they're ending the relationship in a week's time. Uh, and they said, well, you know, you, you, your, your temporary assignment is coming to an end. We wish you all the best. He asked him, well, what about severance? Do I get any severance? He said, no, you know, you're, you're not a full-time employee. You're a temp employee. And the assignment simply came to an end. That didn't sound right to him, so he called me, and he wanted to know what his rights were. So here's the thing, John. He was working a regular job. He got up in the morning, brushed his teeth, uh, put his clothes on, went to work, came back home around 5.30 in the evening, uh, and then went the next morning and did the same thing. He was a regular employee. He worked for the same for a company. He took uh, uh, directions from them. He had a boss, etc. The fact that they may have hired him through an agency did not change the reality that that company was his employer. Just like we say, you can't just misclassify someone as an independent contractor by calling them uh, an independent contractor. You can't avoid someone being your employee by saying, oh no, no, we hired you through a, through a temp agency. 
if someone works for you, if someone comes into your offices, does work for you, and then goes home and comes back, they are your employee, yeah. which means you have all the obligations of an employer, including paying them severance. So in this situation, the company that he actually worked for, of course, has to pay him severance. They can't hide behind the fact that, oh, no, 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 look look at what the contract says. We're not your employer. You, we, we hired you through an agency. That's nonsense. That doesn't mean anything. If it was that simple, everyone could just be hired through an agency and, hey, no one would have any, any employment law obligations. It doesn't work that way. So this guy, after 15 months, is going to be owed about four months severance, and I'm going to obviously help him get that. But the reason I'm talking about it, I wanted to remind all our listeners that you may be hired through an agency. The company that you actually physically work for may say they're not your employer. That's nonsense. That's ridiculous. In the eyes of the law, the company that you physically work for is your employer. That company has all kinds of obligations for you to you, including, John, the obligation to pay you severance. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. I know there's another matter you want to talk about, but always the, uh, the phone calls have, uh, have got priority here on the station. We'll get to uh, Jason. Jason, thanks for, uh, thanks for the early phone call, by the way, and for hanging on. How are you? I'm okay. How about yourself? Good, sir. What's uh, what's on your mind, brother? Um, well, I have uh, I work for a union, mm-hmm. and my question is: when your union refuses to fight for you, even though, like, I have a decision from Human Rights Canada that said that the company and the union should come to an agreement within a reasonable amount of time. Um, and the union and the company have done nothing. I got that letter two and a half years ago. So who do you go to when your union just refuses to fight for you if they're corrupt or or who, who can you call? So it would be great if I said, hey, no worries, you just call this number and the problem gets resolved. The, the reality is if you're unionized, the only one that's allowed to advance your rights is the union. And in many situations, if the union doesn't do it, doesn't want to, doesn't think they should, what have you, you're, you're, you're stuck because you can't deal with it on your own. You can't hire a lawyer to do it. It has to be the union. The only option you have if the union really has dropped the ball is you can file a complaint against the union with the labor board. It's called a duty of fair representation complaint. So you can file that duty of fair representation complaint against the union. And if the board agrees with you, they can order your union to, to act. I can tell you, you know, uh, from experience, that's extremely difficult to win. It's very, very rare to be successful in that complaint against the union in 90 Eight percent of cases, you're not going to be successful. So the re- so the concern is, and the problem is, if you're part of a union, you you kind of you live and you die by the union. That's one of the the big downsides, in my opinion, uh, of being unionized. And how can they overrule what HRC uh, has said to me in my in the letter that they sent me? It's not about overruling. It's about how do you enforce it. You know what I mean? I I can give you all kinds of uh, entitlements, but if I'm not giving you a proper mechanism to enforce those entitlements, then it doesn't matter. And that's the problem. Yeah, a union can oftentimes act without uh, you know, recourse because it's so difficult to hold them to task. It's the way it is. It's wrong. I'm not even suggesting that it's right. Your only recourse, you can file a complaint against the union, but that's a problem. 
Jason, appreciate the call, and there you go. We've talked about that before, and I'm sure it will come up again. The uh, phone number, 416-870-6400. SAR 640 on cell. Don't use that. Use the 870-6400 number. number. You want to send an email, help at employmentlawyer.ca. Back into the uh, week that was, had a second matter uh, going on. What's that, pal? Another matter I spoke with. So this uh, particular gentleman uh, had a, a very important meeting on a man- Monday morning. He knew he had a very important meeting, so you know he got up extra early to make sure that everything's okay. Put on his uh, his best suit in the morning, make sure that his uh, breath was minty fresh, <sighs> and went off to work. But like many of us, he takes public transportation, so he uh, got on his bus and went off to work. Well, unfortunately, a uh, terrible day accident uh, ahead, a uh, series of misadventures on the way, and he realized, holy crap, I'm not going to make it to work on time for, for this big meeting of mine. Uh, and sure enough, he was late. And, you know, for obvious reasons, his boss was furious, so furious that later that day, that afternoon before he went home, he was told, you know what, you, you dropped the ball so badly on this meeting, we're going to let you go. Uh, wow. Your problem, you, you should have been here on time. Uh, you know, th- this meeting, you knew how important it is, so, so out you go. Uh, and obviously this guy, this strut, called me. He said, he was honest. Yeah, I, I, it's my fault. I mean, I should have been there on time, but it's not like I did it on purpose. I, I, I tried to get there on time. Uh, could they have fired me? Is that a proper uh, reason to fire me? So, John, here's the, the, the issue here. You know what? I, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to excuse the employee here necessarily. Yep. I'm, I'm going to say that if he knew that he had a big meeting, he really had to be there on time, You know, maybe that's a day he leaves extra early. He takes the earlier bus or maybe it's a day that he takes a taxi or, 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 or figures out a way to, to make sure that he is there extra early just to be safe. He didn't do that. That's on him. But the real question is not whether he did something wrong. The question is whether that's just cause, whether that's bad enough for him to be terminated for cause. And the answer is no, it's not. One incident of misconduct, one incident of negligence, what have you, is almost never enough to be cause, almost never. So even though he should have known better, the fact that it's a one-time thing, the fact that there's no reason to think that he'll do that again and that he didn't learn his lesson, so to speak, he cannot be fired for cause. So if the company wants him gone, fine, but they have to pay him his full severance. This is not a new employee. He's been there for over five years. He's going to be owed seven, eight months pay. I'm going to help him get that. But I wanted to remind employees and employers that even if an employee does something wrong, in this case, he, he did screw up. He did not make it to a pretty darn important meeting. It does not mean you can be let go for cause. It does not mean that you're deserving of the worst penalty. Uh, other options are available, and if your employer does terminate you for cause before they should, that's a wrongful dismissal. you got to give me a call because you're going to potentially be owed significant compensation. Coming up here, we'll talk about the uh, Pocket Employment Lawyer. In fact, we've got a bit of time. Let's do it right now. PocketEmploymentLawyer.ca. Love this website. Well, a lot of people have used it. We've had such great, great response in the in the couple of months that we've had. It's a pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. You know, listen, we're going to be off air here in, in about 30 minutes or so, but your questions can still be answered. You can still find out your rights at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. 24 7 uh 365 days a year it's like having your own lawyer with you on your phone on your tablet desktop what have you so go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca you can find out if you're an employee or an independent contractor if there's cause to dismiss you 
what's your severance if you let go and you want to know how much severance you're owed you can do that on pocketemploymentlawyer.ca you can find that answers to almost all your questions there when it comes to employment law take advantage it's free it's anonymous give it a, a spin even if you're just curious pocketemploymentlawyer.ca Lots more coming up here. In fact, we're going to get to the topic of everything you need to know about medical leaves on the uh, or after a short break. Anyway, 416-870-6400 is the number you want to email. We'll get to some of those. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. That's the way to go. Employment Law Show, Global News Radio. All righty, we are uh, right back out of here. Employment Law Show, indeed. we got the phone thing figured out. We've uh dealing with uh, some gremlins. Uh, 416-870-6400. Bring them on. The phone lines are open. We're ready to rock. There's one coming through now. Let's uh, keep your fingers crossed and uh, we'll get that on the air in the meantime help at employmentlawyer.ca is the email address that we use for the show and every show and over the last seven or eight years we've had a lot of people call in saying man you guys should do a tv show what we've been doing that for a couple of years too you can catch that on global tv and ctv on weekends mornings uh, weekend mornings and as uh, lior just mentioned before we took a quick break pocket employmentlawyer.ca a wonderful website it's like having a lawyer with you at all times on your phone or on your desktop free of charge it's also anonymous, but there is a yellow contact button at the very top if you care to reach out and get further information. But in the uh, in, in the here and now, the best way is the phone call, 416-870-6400. Our flagship show is Wednesday night, and uh, we kick ass and take no names, man. Everything you need to know about medical leaves, this topic is uh, it's a big one, right? It really is a big one. It's something that, uh, obviously, it's a stressful time in someone's life when they cannot work, when they have to be off work. And, you know, you're worried about, number one, am am I going to have a job when I come back? Uh, Can I support my family? Uh, You know, what are my rights? What should I tell my employer? So so that's a a heavy topic, but it's an important one. At some point, we're all going to have a a time when we need to be off work. I'm not talking about, you know, we have a cold, we need to take a couple days off. I'm talking about situations where we may need to be off for a more extended period of time. So between our calls, we'll, we'll find some time to talk about medical leaves, what that means, and, and what your rights are. For off the hop, I mean, when can an employee take a medical leave or, uh, or leave of absence from work? So generally speaking, if you are not able to work, and if a doctor agrees and supports you that you cannot be be off work, uh, that you cannot work, then you are allowed to take time off. It's remember, it's not something that's up to your employer. It's up to you and your doctor. If you cannot work, if you have your doctor support, and doctors willing to say that, just a doctor's note. You can be off work. An employer cannot question that. Employer cannot go uh, and, and demand other information. Get a doctor's note. That is your, your, your cover. That is your protection. That allows you to take the time off work that you need to get better and to get healthy. 416-870-6400. That is the number. Get to uh, Stephen. Hey, Stephen, how are you? Good evening. I'm good. How are you? Good, sir. What's, uh, what's on your mind tonight? I'm in my late 50s. I'm an independent uh, consultant that uh, worked for a governmental organization and excelled uh, in one of their programs and was named the top uh, performer. Uh, that was closed down, and they asked me to go into another project, uh, which n- never materialized. I was, I was I expected lots of hours. I got very little, a few hours, etc. Uh, make a long story short, they basically said, you know, thank you, but we're going to move on, and uh, that's fine. Uh, but I was offered zero severance, and hmm. I'm wondering. I feel misled. Number one, I expected to get into semi, if not full time work. That did not happen, and the fact there's zero service doesn't sit well with me. Okay, so let's break this down, uh, Stephen. How long have you worked with this uh, government organization? Uh, just about a, a year. 
a year and for for the most part during that year what kind of hours were you putting in uh in around i'm gonna i'm gonna say somewhere in the in the in the 80 per month right okay and were you working in a home office were you working in their offices both both okay and other than this work you did for the government over that year were you working for anyone else no so just for them yeah, and, and just another fact is this is very senior-level consulting, so this is like dealing with CEOs of multiple other organizations. So here's the thing. Given what you just told me, there, there's there's a, a, a great chance, actually, that you're, in the eyes of the law, would be considered an employee or, at, the, at a minimum, what we call a dependent contractor. A dependent Correct. contractor is kind of somewhere between an independent contractor and an employee, but in either of those scenarios, whether you are an employee or a dependent contractor, it means you are owed severance if the relationship comes to an end. So they, they, they can't hide behind the fact that say, well, you're not an employee because even that would allow you to get severance. And you know, in a senior position after a year, how old are you, Stephen? I'm in my, I'm almost 60. Well, you could easily be owed four, five, even six months' pay, depending on the on the specifics of your position. So, yes, you are owed compensation. I don't see any scenario where they could potentially end the relationship with you without severance, without that compensation. So that's the bad news. But the good news is that that's not going to be difficult to resolve, especially with the government. I've done this more times than I can ever count. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to reach out to me off air, call or email. Let's connect and have a more in-depth discussion. And let me help you get that severance. We're talking potentially as much as six months' pay it, it, regardless of how much you're earning, that's going to be a lot of money. So uh, let me help you out and do that. Do I call you directly? Absolutely. You bet, Stephen. I got the number for you uh, right here. Write this down. Keep it with you. one 821 5900 Again, one 821 5900 We'll give that out throughout the show. And if you want to reach out through email, also an option, help at employmentlawyer.ca. Pretty simple. But for the remainder of this time, as you know, it's probably ingrained in your brain. 416-870-6400. That is how you call through. Ken, thanks for hanging on. You're next. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you guys? Good, sir. What's uh, what's happening tonight? Okay. Well, I've already called you guys on this. Um, I had a, a contract offered to me, which took away um, uh, took away my severance. Well, at least uh, reduced it incredibly. Mm-hmm. And uh, there were several other things, including an, an illegal extortion attempt to to get my signature. Unfortunately, another law firm had uh, counseled me to sign that and then told me that no judge would uh, would honor that contract because of its wording. horrible advice. Horrible advice. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I yeah, I, I I've been regretting it ever since. Now the question is, can we do anything to negate that contract? Well, I, I, I would actually want to, I need to see that contract. I need to read it. I need to, to actually see what it says and find out more about the circumstances of, of you signing it. You know, what brought the signing about? Were you given anything in return? You know, I'd want to read the language. Maybe the language is enforceable or is not enforceable. So it's, it's always a terrible, terrible idea 
to sign something on the basis that ah, down the road when we need to, we'll just get around it. Horrible advice. Whoever advised you that uh, really should be rethinking uh, the advice that they're giving out. So no, you never do that. But can we potentially still get around it? Yes, that, that is a potential. But I, I, I need to see more. I need to see the contract. I need to understand what brought it about. So if you want to have that discussion, reach out off air. Let's, let's sit down and do that. Uh, and, and hopefully that's a good news thing. Maybe we can get around it. And that means if they are going to let you go at some point, hopefully we can then get you at the full severance that you're owed. Okay. Okay. Um, I will do that. I did actually call your office, but... Um, I don't know, just vacillated, I guess. Um, so should I ask for you or just kind of wait through the, uh, your normal office procedures? Yeah, absolutely. Caucus, remember, we have a team of 26 lawyers. Whether it's myself or one of my colleagues, we got you on this. So just call okay. us, we'll set you up, and we'll take care of it. Ken, appreciate the call back, and thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your night. Uh, you know the number, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred for the purpose of the show, though. 416-870-6400 is the, uh, the way to go. David, you're up next. Thanks for hanging on. Good evening. Hey, guys. How are you tonight? Good, Pally. What's uh, what's on your mind? Well, first of all, uh, just uh, your last caller there. I think the law firm he had was Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe. But anyway. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the one. You know, but no, seriously, uh, on a serious note, Lior, my wife uh, was called into the office. She's been with the company uh, 15 years. She's uh, in her mid-50s. She's um, uh, some sort of a management title. Long story short, she ended up taking a $5,000 a year pay cut. Now, I went to your severance pay calculator, and I put the information in that um, that I gave you with her age, her title, uh, position whole nine yards, and it worked out to anywhere of a severance from uh, 85 to over 110, and she wouldn't accept it. So she, what she did is she accepted the pay cut and said, I don't worry about it. <laughs> well, what I think, well, here's what I told her. I said, listen, that there is what they consider constructive dismissal. You, you got it. And how long ago was that? When, when did this uh, it, pay cut happen? Uh, it was, it was, it's been a year, but wow. I've, I've been trying to get through right. And, and you know what? I know there isn't anything we can do about it right now, but more, more of a educational for your other listeners. Hey, you know what? Don't stand for it. Don't take it. Because personally, myself, I think what's happening with everything that's going on in the office right now, um, they're trying to push her out the door. All right. Yeah. Um, also, also there, and, and they've been throwing more work at her, more responsibility for less, for less pay. Yeah, oh, it, it, yeah. Gave another employee a raise. Obviously, in a, it's it's a constructive dismissal. This is probably the the most classic form of constructive dismissal when your employer cuts your pay. And when your employer cuts your pay, you have two options. Option number one, as as uh, your your wife did, she could accept it. Obviously, that's her right. But she doesn't have to. The other option is you can treat her employment as being terminated and get severance. And listen, after 15 years, she could easily be owed, I don't know, 18 months pay, depending on on the specific position that she has. So it, it's it, it's it the unfortunate picture is what it was. What's that? Manager, office. You're right. Uh, well, yeah. So 18 months certainly would be appropriate for her. The, the unfortunate thing is now because it's been a year, she's considered to have accepted it. So even now, if she changes her mind and she says, no, no, I don't want that. 
it's too late to do anything about it. So you're right, there's an important lesson for everyone out there. If your employer changes the terms of your employment, or in this case, cut your pay, you have a short time of pe- a period of time to do something about it, not to accept that, and to treat that as a constructive dismissal. Otherwise, you'll find yourself in a situation where you've given up your rights. Not a good thing now, to I, do if you can avoid it. May I ask you one question? Sure. Sure. If in the event that ever, like, well, when that happens, can the employee look at the employer straight in the eye and say, no, I am not accepting this? Well, absolutely. And then the employer has an option. The employer can say, okay, then we're going to back off. Or they can say, well, too bad, we're doing it anyway. In which case, that's a constructive dismissal. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely say no. And in some situations where the employer realizes, holy cow, they're not on board, maybe they'll take the position that it's a constructive dismissal, they'll back off. So always a good no, idea. Don't accept something you don't want to accept, then it's a constructive dismissal. Thank you very much for your time, guys. Have a good night. David, appreciate you uh, waving the flag, man. You're exactly right. Uh, don't make that mistake for sure. 416-870-6400 is the, uh, the way to go. Moving on to, uh, to Justin. Been hanging around for a bit. Justin, thank you for hanging on. How are you? Good. Um, I just had a quick question. My fiance is uh, starting a job as a contractor, and uh, first job as a contractor, and we, I was just wondering, when it comes to taxes and EI and WSIB, what should she be... Uh, planning to do to kind of set herself up properly uh, going forward. Uh, is she going to be working essentially for one company, kind of essentially full-time hours? Yeah, so like I know listening to the show, she's either going to be a dependent contractor or most likely an employee, but they're mm-hmm. not taking the taxes out and everything like yeah. that. So that's why I was uh, curious on kind of how to right. set up planning going so- forward. So she's she's been misclassified from the sounds of it as an as an uh, independent contractor when she probably is an employee. The problem with that is this: if she ever gets audited, uh, CRA is going to look at it and say, "Wait a second, this whole scheme is illegal." So the best advice I'm going to give, be able to give you, I'm not going to give tax advice because I'm not qualified, but she needs to have a good accountant and she needs to be conservative, very conservative with whatever deductions she's seeking. So for example, if she truly was an independent contractor, she may be able to deduct various things, you know, her her gas mileage, her home office, or whatever it is. Uh, but because she's not really, she's really an employee, She, I don't think she should do that because if she ever gets audited, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. So I would try, I would talk to an accountant, tell her, tell the accountant I want to be very conservative. I just, I just want to pay my taxes. I'm not going to try to get any deductions. And then if she does get audited, the damage to her will hopefully be minimized. Best advice, honestly, make sure she has a good accountant. Don't try to do your own taxes in this situation. Uh, be conservative. Otherwise, uh, it's an invitation for problems down the road. Okay, and uh, one last question. Uh, she didn't set up her own business, considering she's going to be just working for the one employee. Would you recommend not setting up her own business then due to not doing any of those deductions? In this particular situation, there's probably no value for her to set up her own business. See if she, if she, her account feels differently, that's fine. But I, I wouldn't see the value. Uh, just do it in her name. Do her taxes conservatively, and that's the best advice. But the last thing I'll say, because she's an employee, if at some point that company lets her go, remember mm-hmm. she's going to be owed severance. Then she needs to give me a call if that happens. Appreciate your time, Justin, and follow through with all that. By the way, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred to get a hold of Lior and a member of the team. But uh, for the purpose of the show, love having you on, love you calling through four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred is the number. Finally, uh, Rob, thanks for hanging on. How are you? 
Hey, not bad, guys. Thanks for taking the call. Just a, you bet. a simple, simple, quick question. Uh, you know, employer A does standardized background checks and whatnot on a seven-year rotating basis every seven years. And as part of that, for whatever reason, they stated they also do a credit check. So I pose an example, you know, why, why that would be necessary, that kind of thing. So my question is, and other people that I was uh, discussing, uh, talking to at the time was the the issue of the validity of such a request and mm. its relation to like just state privacy laws. And the the response the employer gave back was that they have some sort of contractual obligation with their with the clients that this is something that they requested. So I'm just curious about what the the Ontario employment law stance in regards to that is. So it really comes down to what the deal was when the employee started working. So what I mean by that is if the employees, when they started working, they signed an employment agreement that says every once in a while we may be required to do a background check or a credit check. If that was the deal, then hey, that's, that's okay because that's been agreed to. If that's, that wasn't agreed to and the employee never knew that they were going to be subject to a credit check, and now the employer says, well, we want to do one anyway. No, they're not going to be allowed to do that because it is a big deal and there is privacy issues and an employee is not going to have to consent to it. So so it's not something an employer can just decide. Hey, we, we decided or for whatever reason, we now want to start doing that moving forward. So the employee can refuse and the refusal itself is not something they can be punished for. Keep in mind, though, that said that the employer can still decide to let the employee go simply because an employer can let the employee go for any reason. They would, of course, have to pay the employee severance, but the employee could be let go. So ultimately, the employee has to decide, you know, what's better? Is it better for me just to do the credit check or am I risking losing my job with severance? So you have to make that decision, but can they force the employee? Can they fire the employee for cause if they refuse? No, the answer is they cannot do that. Okay. Yeah, that's, I, I figured it was something along those lines, and mm. I guess they, there's a form that gets sent out when they're going to do the background checks and whatnot. So I'm, I imagine, and you could probably just note, note down and make them aware that you're not comfortable with this, and see if there's any uh, any pushback. You know, yeah, exactly. To be excused from that portion of that. So. And, and you wouldn't be able to be penalized. Like they can't say that's a, a form of misconduct that allows you to let to uh, for us to let you go for cause without severance. That they cannot do. But if to the extent that they're willing to let the employee go with their full severance, yes, that is something an employer can do generally at any time. So something for the employee to keep in mind. Okay. Thanks. Appreciate. Thanks, Val. Sorry. Uh, thanks, Rob. Appreciate uh, your time. If you have any more questions, call or email help at employmentlawyer.ca or 1-855-821-5900. Moving on to uh, to Clayton. Still got some time here. Hi, Clayton. Good evening. Oh, hi. Good evening. How are you? Good. What's uh, what's going on? What's your question? Uh, well, I work for a really large retail company, and uh, I've been working for them for a long time, over 10 years. And uh, what happened was, basically, when I started with them, they hired me on and they paid me an hourly wage plus commission. And when I started with them, I made a really good income. Uh, at a certain point uh, going forward, they decided that they were going to get rid of the commissions. So what they said to us was, listen, we're going to calculate an allowance payment for you. So we're going to take the amount of commissions you made last year, cut it in half, divide it by 26, and you're going to get that amount added to your paycheck every time. 
and you're going to get that paid to you as long as you stay hourly with the company forever. So I thought, okay, so everything I've done and whatever and the income that I make, it's all based on that. So just recently they've uh, handed me a letter that says, we're not going to pay you this allowance payment anymore. We've decided, forget it, we're going to terminate that. As of uh, February 1st, we're not going to give you that anymore. And if you don't like that, you can consider that your termination. So I'm just wondering if, if, like, if they're allowed to do that to me and affect my income in that way. Um, the other thing is, is like, because I do hear you guys talk about, you know, oh, well, affecting somebody's income is, you know, a really good cause for constructive dismissal. The, the issue I have, though, as far as I know, is if, if you're going to go for a constructive dismissal, you basically have to quit the company before you can, can pursue that. So right. I'm just wondering, like, where I stand and if you have any advice. Well, your situation is actually not a constructive dismissal simply because they're, they're actually saying, hey, if you're not accepting, then it is an actual dismissal. So a constructive dismissal happens when the company's not letting you go. You're saying, I'm out of here because of what you've done. In this situation, they're saying, if you're not accepting, then we're letting you go. That's no, fine. No, no, They're saying, if I don't want it. Like, they're basically saying, we're cutting your pay. Yes. If you don't like it, you can leave. Well, but, but that's, that's essentially a termination. They're actually terminating your employment. Either way, they're allowed to do that because, remember, an employer can terminate you at any time. They're allowed to terminate you, but, of course, they have to pay you severance. So they don't have a right to impose this reduction, and they're actually saying we're not imposing it. If, if you're not accepting, then you're not going to work here, so that's fine. So if you don't accept it, if you decide to, that, that you'd rather be terminated, they have to pay you severance. And, and how long have you been there? Uh, almost 11 years. So that you potentially are looking at a year's pay here. The, the reason why you don't want to accept it beyond the obvious, because you'd be taking a pay cut, is if you accept this, you've given them the right to potentially reduce your pay again in the future and again and again. Not a good idea at all. So you're in a situation now where you should not accept this. You should say, sorry, not happening. And if they follow through and they terminate your employment, then you get severance. If they simply reduce your pay anyway, then we'll say that it's a constructive dismissal. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be difficult to get you the year's pay. They can't avoid paying you that simply because they don't have a right to reduce your pay. Clayton, you want to reach out, do so to continue on here. Going to move on to another call with our remaining uh, couple minutes. one 821 5900 Get to uh, Jim's. Been waiting for a bit. Hi, Jim. How are you? Hey, guys. Um uh, the deal is, I'm just listening to the way you're talking about dependent, independent employees. Yep. Uh, what I am, I'm, I'm, I'm self-employed. Um, I have my own customers. But every month, um, I do some other work for another guy that does the same stuff. And I've been doing it for about maybe 10, 15 years for this guy. And um, when I go uh, to the job, um, I use his company name. And I also have to just make like I'm an employee to his company. Okay. Um, I'm just curious as to what 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 would I be then? Am I still just self-employed, my own contractor? Uh, am I an employee of his company? Uh, does it so for for anything? this guy, is it regular hours? In other words, you have specific days, specific times you have to do that? Uh, no specific day or specific times. Just each month, certain things have to get done within the month. Okay, and in terms of your total income, how much of your total income is the income that you get from this guy? Oh, boy. Uh, probably half my yearly salary, I would guess. Okay, so half. So, so that is a big deal. So you're probably considered to be a dependent contractor, not, a, not an employee, but a dependent. If you get half your income from this 
particular job, then you're a dependent contractor, that, which does mean if he decides to part ways with you to end the relationship, he's going to have to pay you severance. So you don't, you're not necessarily entitled to things like overtime or vacation pay, etc. Mm-hmm. But if yeah. he ends the relationship, yeah, we're, we're talking severance at that point. You're not, you are still self, self-employed, but a dependent contractor. No. Okay. Yeah, that's that's basically all I need to know. I mean, I'm happy with the relationship. It's all good. I'm just curious as to what uh, what what uh, my uh, title with them is. That's yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jim. I appreciate that, uh, Kathy. You got about a minute here, literally. So, uh, what is your question, my dear? Oh no, this has to be quick. Um, sure. So, if I've been working with a company for thirty plus years, and when I was originally hired, there were no employment contracts in place. Mm-hmm. But as a salaried employee, I have a written letter that says that any additional time worked would be given in lieu time as time off. And now the company comes and says that they want an employment contract signed, Mm -hmm. and they're taking away those in lieu hours. Are they allowed to do that? No, they're not allowed to do that. And I also can promise you that there's other things in that contract that you may not even realize that are problematic, perhaps even more problematic than this whole uh, Lou Hours thing. So they don't have a right to do that. You should not sign it. If you want to know what it actually says, send me a copy. Let me see it. They can't make you. You shouldn't sign it in most cases. And they can't punish you for refusing to sign. What a night, and appreciate everybody for your calls. Max, I see you there. Please uh, either hang on, or actually don't hang on. You want to call Leo after the show, want to get to your question, but we are done for the night. Reaching out is simple, guys. It's one 821 5900 Email help at employmentlawyer.ca, and always check pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Free, easy, anonymous, and you can use that anytime on your desktop or your uh, phone, for that matter. We'll do it again all over on the weekend, and Employment Law Show happens on Global TV and CTV on the weekend mornings as well. Don't go anywhere on point returns with the most excellent alex pearson that is coming up next right here on global news radio